Today's podcast is brought to you by Autoconversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Autoconversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Hey. All right, folks, welcome. You are here, AC On Air. This is our live weekly webcast of mobility tech and connectivity, how we are connected, and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, April 24th. Happy hump day. And instead of a national or international something day, which we've started doing recently, today we're going to look at Tesla Autonomy Day, which was declared by Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, as uh, just this past Monday, April 22nd. So we'll get more on Tesla Autonomy Day uh, later. Uh, But in a moment, I'm going to bring on my guest today, Mark Bielek from the Chicago Automobile Trade Association. Uh, which is the organization that puts on the Chicago Auto Show every year. And if you're a, a fan and a follower, you, you'll know that I was there just this past February uh, doing live video streams like I normally do from uh, the showroom or from the convention center at McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. And if you missed some of that, get up to the Auto Converse Facebook page and check out some of those videos, some great tech in there uh, to, to check out. So Mark is the Senior Director of Communications and Technology uh, at, the, at the Trade Association at CATA. Uh, he's also General Manager of DriveChicago.com. And in a recent conversation, a podcast I was listening to, what the, what the show was talking about was how automakers are kind of shying away right now f- selectively from some of the auto shows and how that's impacting things. And what came out of that conversation uh, from, this was the opinion of the analyst that was on, uh, he was saying he thinks automakers are making a mistake because they're not looking at the data. And so Mark has agreed to come on today to talk with us about how he and his team measure engagement at the Chicago Auto Show and what that looks like. So I uh, look forward to that conversation in just a few moments. If you are new to this program. We do this every week, Wednesday at two o'clock central. If you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure to do that. Uh, Hit the subscribe button and press on that bell icon so you can uh, be sure to get notified of the content that you want. Every time we go live, you'll get notified. You can also, and do this right now if you're watching folks, uh, get out your phone, text the keyword autoconverse 
to 64600. What'll happen is, is a few moments before the show each week, we'll send you a link on your phone to the YouTube video stream. So you get it right there, sent to you uh, via SMS. And thank you to everyone that is subscribed uh, to our SMS alerts as well. Now this is recorded and we feature it on the Auto Converse podcast. So if you're not subscribed yet to the Auto Converse podcast, be sure to search for Auto Converse in your preferred podcasting app. And I'm excited to say, uh, and if I could, if I could had some effects, I'd put them up there. But when we launched this podcast last year in March, 2018, I had set a goal to get to a thousand downloads a month by the end of the year. Was, uh, in some in some ways, it's not an aggressive goal. Uh, major podcasts are shooting for tens of thousands of downloads a month, but I felt like that was a, a attainable, realistic goal. And we missed our goal. We missed it. But I'm happy to report that this month here in April, we finally reached that goal of surpassing a thousand downloads in a given month. That's not even the end of the month. So thank you to everyone that has tuned in to uh, to the show, to the to the Auto Converse podcast, whether recently or or uh, or since day one, we appreciate that. So, Mark, let's go ahead and bring you on. I forgot to turn off my screen sharing there. And hello there. Good to have you here. Hello. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me on. Thank you. Uh, Mark is not far from here. I'm in Naperville, Illinois, about an hour outside of Chicago. Mark is in Oakbrook, or is it Oakbrook or Oakbrook Terrace? Oakbrook Terrace, same Oakbrook thing. Terrace. Okay, it's about a half hour from here. We thought about doing the show from the CATA headquarters, but uh, this is a bit quicker for us to do. So, uh, so yeah, let's get started. Um, right now, the New York Auto Show, International Auto Show is going on. It started just a couple of days ago over the weekend. It runs through the 28th. But you just came back from there, from what I understand. Yeah, you know, New York's a great show. It's in the news capital of America. So you can guess that there's a ton of introductions and, and new vehicle uh, releases in New York. And, and this year was no different. It was, uh, you know, chock full of world intros. I think some of the keys, I'll just rip them off. Cadillac CT5, Hyundai Venue, Lincoln Corsair, Mercedes GLS, Subaru Outback, Toyota Highlander. I mean, that's a that's a solid lineup of mainstream vehicles there that are going to be top sellers in, in many other brands. So did anything stand out for you from an exhibitor standpoint? You know, I really thought uh, from the introduction standpoint, I thought the, uh, the CT5 looks a lot better in the skin than it does in pictures in real life. Uh, the Corsair kind of disappointed me in the fact that I think it just looks like a warmed over MKC, uh, but it's still very, very nice. Um, Subaru Outback is a continuation of the Outback. I'm sure they'll sell everyone they can make. Highlander, same thing. Uh, but my real shock in that show was the venue, the Hyundai venue. It's smaller than the Kicks or the Kona, I'm sorry, which is their uh, smallest uh, crossover. And it, if it reminds me a lot of a Mini Cooper, uh, four-door Cooper mm -hmm. in the size. That's how small it is, but it looks bigger. Uh, when you when you see pictures of it, it looks like a bigger car, but when you see it in person, it really seems small. But it's very roomy inside. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to be very very price competitive. Um, and then from an exhibit standpoint, I was just blown away by Subaru's new display, um, and we're hoping to see that in Chicago next year. Basically, they built 
uh, a tree house up on uh, big stilts uh, that overlooks a giant video amphitheater. And it's 360 degree surround video screens. The floor is a LED video screen. And it's just the coolest thing. And it's all themed around national parks. Okay. So every couple of seconds, they bring up a different national park with the video. So you feel like you're in, uh, you know, uh, uh, Yellowstone National Park. And then you're in uh, Statue of Liberty National Park. And then you're, uh, you know, in another. And it's just the coolest thing to, like, experience this as it's going on. Just a, a, one way that a manufacturer can use their exhibit at an auto show to kind of immerse the attendee in their brand. That sounds pretty fascinating. Now, was that a mixture was it vr was it was there augmented reality or no 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 augmented reality no vr but think about it i mean the the floor the entire floor probably 30 feet by 30 feet circle mm -hmm. and then all around that except for the area where you walk in is 25 foot high led walls okay so you i mean you get in there and there's sounds and you, you just feel like you're in the park it's it's very cool yeah, yeah. so it's almost like a, a a 3d experience like yeah in the flesh. but but in in the flesh yeah, yeah yeah very neat very neat um well that'd be cool if they do that next year <laughs> in chicago we're hoping we're working on it already that's one of the reasons why we go out to shows like new york to to see what the exhibitors are doing and mm -hmm. to try and make sure they bring that that top kit stuff to chicago so do you as 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 the entity putting it on do you have influence on what they exhibit uh, we try to work very hard with them to have them bring their A kits, we call them, and we work very hard to make it affordable. Chicago's a straight time show, so you basically pay uh, for the amount of labor that you need in Chicago. Some other shows are not like that. You pay by how much freight you bring in. Um, and, you know, for example, we heard in New York that one exhibitor brought 20 plus trucks last year. This year, they only brought four. And part of that is they're trying to save money. And uh, since they have to pay by the pound, <laughs> they're, they're saving money that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, that's something in Chicago, we work very, very hard to make sure that our exhibitors can get a good return for their investment. Good. And I look forward to talking about that. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, for starters, uh, how long have you personally been involved with, uh, the, with CATA and the auto show? So I started here at the CATA in 2006. Prior to that, I had been an automotive journalist for about 20 years and had become publisher of a leading automotive magazine. Um, and then I came to CATA and immediately tried to get going on the technology side because I had that strong background. Um, and then, you know, kind of moved into this role a few years later where I also managed the communications for the association and for the auto show. So it's been a while. Okay. Yeah. 13, 14 years. It sounds yeah. like, okay. Now the, on the website and in all the literature, it, the Chicago auto show is, is tagged as the nation's largest auto show. What makes it the nation's largest auto show? Well, a couple of things. First off, just by sheer size, we were blessed with McCormick place that gives us more than a million square feet every year of exhibit space. No other show can match that. Um, and then also our exhibitors tell us that we're the best show from a consumer engagement and a lead generation standpoint. So for example, a few years ago, we were meeting with General Motors in the summer as we do every year. We go out and meet every manufacturer and they said of the 65 shows that they do across the country, 
the Chicago Auto Show generates 10% of the leads that they collect. So take all those shows, we're generating 10% of their leads. Um, just most recently, Nissan, uh, the first weekend of the show, the, the exhibits manager from Nissan called us and said, hey, what happened that first weekend? We've never seen the kind of lead generation from any show we do that we experienced just on the first three days of your show. So we know that not only are we providing a great space, but we're also providing great consumer engagement. Okay. Can you share the number of attendees, consumers that, that, that end up attending <laughs> the show? Like what's the, what's the benchmark you go by? Yeah. You know, we, we don't publish our uh, attendance numbers and there's a reason for that without getting into a crazy uh, scheme, you know, attendance numbers are self published by shows okay. and we don't want to play that game if we if we announced uh, a million people tomorrow. Uh, the New York Auto Show one day later would say they had a million one hundred thousand. So it really it, it's not a, a case of we're trying to hide the number. It's that we just don't want to get into the game of making up numbers. And, okay. and we feel that maybe some other shows are doing that. Okay. So largest is, is more the square footage. Square footage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we, you know, our exhibitors tell us that we have the best consumer traffic and most likely the most people. Okay. Well, it's a great city. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it is. Um, I, I'm, I am curious why it's done in the winter time. It would seem like that might affect attendance, but it's always been pretty much towards the tail end of winter. Yeah, ever since, uh, you know, uh, the 50s, it's been in February. And the reason for that is to kind of jumpstart the selling season. Okay. Um, we always see an uptick in dealer traffic uh, right after the auto show. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a couple minutes. But, um, you know, as anyone knows, it's tough to sell cars in Chicago in January and February. <laughs> and so if we can create a little bit of buzz around cars and get that going, plus, don't forget McCormick Place is probably the busiest convention center in the country. So the only time that we can get three and a half weeks to build our show, have our show, tear down our show is in, in the January, February timeframe. And hotels cost less still at that time too. So Absolutely. And, and it's amazing. I mean, we just, I went to New York and I stayed in a tiny little hotel and it was $350 a night. In Chicago, we, we have a deal with the hotels where you're basically paying about 120 bucks for a spacious room and it's connected to McCormick Place. Whereas in New York, I had to walk five blocks to get, get to the uh, convention center. So, and, and now the Marriott is right next to there too. And there's Yeah, a there's a Marriott and a Hilton. Mm-hmm. Hyatt. Oh, and a Hilton. Well, there's a Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott. Yep. All connected. Is the Hilton's attached? Yeah. It's oh. on the west side. It's on the west side of McCormick Place. Oh, okay. All right. By the, over by the arena. Yeah. Okay. And there's a Hampton in there too, I think. Yep. Right mm -hmm. Okay. I forgot about that. So, all right. Good stuff. So let's get into, uh, into the, to the metrics and whatnot. So you, you, you mentioned lead generation. So define that. How does that process work? Well, you know, our job uh, at the auto show as the producer of the auto show is not to collect leads for our exhibitors, but right. it's to enable that to happen, to create uh, as much buzz around the show pre-show, as much um, awareness of the show, and then to get the people to the show uh, and then let them collect leads. And, you know, for years we've seen kind of article after article talking about how auto shows are passe. Um, there's obviously other ways that automakers can spend their money. I mean, there's, you know, 
last we had the Chicago uh, had the NFL draft here a few years ago, and Hyundai built basically a building in Millennium or Grant Park uh, to support their sponsorship of the NFL. Um, Lollapalooza, you know, you've got people sponsoring things like uh, automakers sponsoring things like that. So there's all these different ways. Mercedes-Benz had a pop-up store here in Chicago last year, um, as opposed to, um, you know, spending their money at the auto show, that kind of thing. So automakers have tons of different ways, um, but the auto show is still the only place where somebody will, pop down 10 bucks to go and see cars. They actually pay to see the cars that are at the show. And, you know, that's always been something that's been um, kind of the guiding force for us is that people come to the show, not only for fun and entertainment, but to shop. And so what we're trying to do this year is really throw some weight behind that and get some metrics to share with our exhibitors uh, to show that their investment is well worth it. And for years, we've used a company called Foresight Research out of Michigan. They basically poll uh, every major auto show across the country, and they'll do exit surveys, and they'll talk to people that were at the show, and they'll, they'll measure things like awareness rate and, you know, the demographics of the attendee and how likely they are to interact. And that's great, but they're in the industry. And so we thought, why don't we, uh, being the nation's consumer show, why don't we try and really quantify the results of what happens pre-show, uh, during the show, and post-show? So we've done a couple of things um, this year that really help us understand what our attendees are doing and then also their uh, propensity to visit a dealer and buy a car. So the first thing that we did is we did an immediate post-show survey to our attendees. Um, and we pulled, we got about 3,000 responses. And to, to, be, to put that in perspective, uh, Foresight was, regist- re- um, um, was, was collecting about 500 responses in total for their auto show. So this is a huge, huge sample size mm-hmm. of people that we know knew that attended the show. And, and it did back up the foresight numbers, but we wanted to use our own data to make sure that those numbers were good numbers. 60% of the people that attend our show are in market and will buy a car within the next year. And that's basically straight off the survey results. 70% of the people decided on their vehicle at the show. I mean, think about those two numbers. And and that's just amazing to think about. If you're an automaker and you're going to try and sell cars in Chicago, why in the world would you not want to come to the auto show where 60% of the people are in market and 70% pick their car at the show? Mm-hmm. That's It's just crazy. Um, and then a couple of other interesting things. 41% of the people um, basically added a vehicle based on what they saw at the show. So they may have come to Cross Shop Camry and Accord and they saw the brand new Altima or the new Sonata and they said, wow, <laughs> this is the car I want. And so again, if you're not there, you're not going to get that pickup. And then 13% dropped a brand. So 13% of the people said, uh, I'm not, that, that car's not for me. And some of that may be the display that they're bringing. So if an automaker doesn't bring their A game, 
to Chicago mm -hmm. or any other auto show, you have the chance to lose a customer too. So you've got to be there and you've got to be there in the right way. Um, and then another thing that's unique to Chicago is we have a lot of space. We mentioned a million square feet. And so we've got, we had four indoor test tracks this year. 33% of the people drove in a car, either in an indoor test track or at one of our six outdoor test drives. So again, we're putting butts in seats. It's more than just looking at the car, kicking the tires, slamming the doors. So we've got that bit of data to share with the OEMs. So the second thing we did is a very unique technology thing. And this is right up your show's alley. We basically uh, worked with the company Cumulus Media and we monitored everybody who we could uh, their cell phone at the auto show. So you've got a cell phone at the auto show and if you just leave it in your pocket and never touch it, we don't necessarily know that you're there. But if you pick it up and you like, let's say you do a search on uh, Ford or you do, you go to CNN or you go to Chicago Tribune, we're going to fire you an ad. And at that point, uh, we can then see your device ID. And we only can see that. We can't see who you are or anything else. There's no privacy issues there. But we were able to register 130,000 devices at the show. Yeah. So we had 130,000 phones that were at the show. And of that, which, sorry about that, we were able to match 30,000 of the, um, sorry, uh, 30,000 of those devices to an actual uh, profile. And again, that's not you as Ryan. It's mm -hmm. a device that's registered to a person. And we knew who, uh, how old that person was. We knew if, if they were married. We knew kind of where they lived based on zip code. Mm -hmm. We knew um, how many cars they had, what cars they were, how close they were on their leases if they were lease buyers, to all sorts of great information that we were able to know and we were able to create this group of 30,000 people in the Chicago area that attended the show that we kind of knew who they were. And so we were able to then create a control group of 30,000 people that we knew that didn't come to the show, for example. So we were able to see, all right, what are the 30,000 at the show more likely to do than the 30,000 that didn't come? Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Uh, in the first 30 days, we're still collecting data. This is just the first 30 days after the show, we found that 5,000 of that 30,000 visited a dealership. So basically one in six people that attend the auto show are going to visit a dealership. Now, if we, if we multiplied that out by the number of people at our show, that's a huge amount of dealer visits. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but that visit rate is 42% higher than a non-attendee. So basically, you have a 50% chance, a 50% better chance of getting someone who visits your display to visit your dealership versus if you, uh, you know, they don't come to the auto show. So um, it, it was just amazing to see that. And again, that was just in the first 30 days. And then those people made 2.4 visits per uh, person. The so the average, six. yeah, so, yeah, okay. right. And so if you think about this, most of the industry metrics say that uh, a person shopping for a car will visit between 1.4 and 1.6 dealerships. Right. Uh, meaning most people go, they do the research online or wherever, they go to the dealership and they buy. And then of that, maybe there's a few people that go to two and then even less people that go to three. We had an average of 2.4 and those people spent 
almost four hours at the dealerships versus the average is well under an hour uh, for the control group. So uh, again, we're, what, what this data told us is something we already knew, but we wanted to be able to prove it. We wanted to be able to go to Ford, to Chrysler, uh, whoever, and say, here's the facts. In black and white, people that come to the auto shows buy cars or shop for cars and buy cars. And then the third thing that we're doing, and we're really excited to get the data coming out in about a month or so is um, a sales match. So we'll actually be able to see people that attended the show if they bought a car. And if they did, then we'll able to see what, you know, uh, what kind of cars they bought. And hopefully we had a few manufacturers that didn't participate in Chicago, unfortunately, this year. So hopefully we're going to see uh, a down uh, on those brands versus the other brands. But, you know, we'll have to see what that is. The, the market in Chicago has been pretty steady with the national market, mm-hmm. meaning it's flat to down a little bit. So hopefully those numbers will bear out. And, and in the initial sales numbers, it looks like that, but, but we'll see. Mark, that's fascinating. I'm like writing frantically, even though I'm <laughs> recording this and I could go back and get it all. I mean, yeah. it helps for me to, to just see the picture here of all this data. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the phone, the phone identifying. You're, you're identifying the devices. Right. And then you're saying you, if you got an ad in front of them because they brought up, say, a Facebook or a web browser, that would allow you to, right. to, to basically sync them up with in big data with a profile, uh, even knowing what zip code that they're coming from. So when you talk about lead generation, uh, you, I mean, this is just behavioral data. So from a yeah. lead generation yeah. standpoint, the show is inadvertently generating leads. I, to your point, one in six, you're able to say, visit a dealership. And those, those ones that do are visiting 2.4 dealerships right. on average, which far exceeds the, the uh, I think, the, the industry norm, yeah. Yes, exactly. And then spending four hours. And so, you know, just because we all know that behavior leads to transactions. So, you know, even with the sales match, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see the result that you would expect. Yeah. And, you know, what's really, really interesting is that while we, uh, are collecting this data, we're using third parties to, to or, I'm sorry, we're using the third parties to collect and analyze the data. We're not collecting it uh, necessarily ourselves and just saying, here's what it is. So we made sure that we're using uh, the right partners here to be able to stand behind this data and say, this is accurate. This is, you know, there's nothing funny going on here. And, um, you know, it, it's such, it's, think about the all of the ways automakers can spend their marketing dollars and the auto show has been around hundreds you know 100 and i think we're in the 113th year this year mm-hmm. 114th that's something they've been doing forever um and so for some of them it's like well let's try some other stuff but what we found is they always come back i mean a few years ago give a great story a few years ago nissan's uh ceo carlos Ghosn at the time said hey uh, auto shows aren't our thing we don't want to we don't want to do auto shows anymore and they announced they were pulling out of all these auto shows and chicago being one of them and then about eight days before our show they called us and said, I think we made a mistake. Can we get back in? And we said, sure, we're Chicago. We got plenty of space. Come on in. And uh, so, I mean, they, at one, one point they, they like, well, 
hang on. My I, one of our internet connection got a little unstable. So the last thing I heard you say, oh, I got you there. Yeah, the last thing I heard you say was they wanted to come back. Nissan did, and and you said yeah. eight days prior. So you set that up for him, and then kind of broke off. So finish off from there if you could. Yeah, I mean, it just you know, basically eight days prior, they called us back and said we really reconsidered and we want to be back in your show. And so we said, sure. I mean, we had the space. We hadn't given it away to somebody else. We found room for them and they were back. And it's, it's, it seems like, uh, you know, while an automaker may try something different, uh, they can't resist coming back to the auto show, which is basically gravy. You know, they know they've got in-market shoppers. They know how they know how to activate. I mean, if you've been to the auto show and I know you have the OEMs, nobody does activation like OEMs do in terms of collecting leads and following up on those leads with their dealer networks. So it's a, it's a great cocktail for success. Sure. Sounds like it. And you have the data to prove that. And, yeah. and there is no alternative to an auto show. I mean, there's only one McCormick place. So that's right. So that's what you get. Mark, I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm fascinated by it. And I'm sure that our listeners are as well. It's really good stuff. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for making the time and uh, welcome back anytime. If you've got some other great data to share, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in here. So enjoy the rest of your right. day and thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. So Mark Bielek, everybody, he's the Senior Director of Communications and Technology uh, with the Chicago Automobile Trade Association, who puts on the Chicago Auto Show, as you heard, the nation's largest auto show by square footage. Uh, for for now over a hundred years, so good stuff, good stuff. I took lots of good notes, and I'll look forward to putting that all together. So I like to keep this down to thirty minutes, and I told you instead of doing a national or international uh, something day, because I looked and they were kind of lame. But Tesla had their uh, Tesla Autonomy Day or Autonomous Investor Day. They're having their basically their investor week right now. And so they declared uh, Monday as Tesla Autonomy Day. Now, I was watching the live stream and Elon, he kind of reminds me of our president a little bit. He just tends to throw grenades out there. He's a grenade thrower and he says a lot of stuff. So he's getting a lot of pushback right now. They live streamed the event. The first hour of the live stream was just a bunch of footage and whatnot of of Tesla and whatnot. But a few things that came out from that, from the event, one was Elon basically saying that LIDAR, which is what all other companies are using right now for autonomous driving. LIDAR stands for light and detection, light detection and radar. Whereas Tesla uses what's called vision, uh, actually using like cameras and whatnot. This is high tech stuff. Don't need to get too into it. But he says anyone using LiDAR, which is everyone but Tesla, is pretty much doomed. Uh, and, and he literally said um, they're, they're, uh, he literally said they're fools. So obviously getting some pushback there. Uh, the debate on whether LiDAR versus vision uh, is a hot debate. And right now, Elon's doubling down. He basically, and he, arguably Tesla is leading the way with autonomous tech. Musk is very adamant 
about getting to level four and then level five autonomy. So level four is a fully autonomous vehicle that doesn't need a human, but a human would still be an operator of that. Whereas level five, uh, that would, uh, you wouldn't even need an operator. Tesla has announced they want to come out with autonomous robot uh, taxis next year, 2020, coming out with those, and even suggesting they're going to start eliminating a steering wheel. Now, I saw a uh, concept car from Mercedes a few years ago that did not have a, have a steering wheel. What it had was like a joystick, literally it was a joystick. And I tried to imagine driving a car with a joystick, not, not like a plane, okay? A plane has the, uh, oh, I should, know, I should know what that's called, uh, where, you know, where you pull in and out. My bad for not knowing that. But imagine driving with a joystick. Um, I think it's feasible. It was a concept car, never came out from Mercedes. Uh, but yeah, I think um, imagining a car without a steering wheel is uh, definitely a, a step up. What else did Elon say? He wants to have a million. No, he predicts there will be a million self-driving cars on the road in two years. Tesla's right now selling, uh, just about to sell 100,000 cars. If it weren't for Tesla, the, the EV market would be pretty much all but dead. Tesla is by and far selling the most, the most electric vehicles out there. So pretty fascinating stuff. What else came out of that? Let me see my notes here. I mentioned the robo-taxis. Yeah, autonomous robo-taxis uh, by 2020 and feature cars without steering wheels. So pretty interesting. All right, so thanks again to Mark for, uh, and, and the Chicago Automobile Trade Association for making it today. And folks, I think next week, I meant to mention, if you missed last week's conversation, I had Mike Carrera, Mike Phillips, and Terry Lancaster on. We talked uh, a little bit about Disney Plus, their new online streaming, Verizon 5G, which is now in parts of Chicago and Minneapolis. And what else was on there? Something else big. I got to remember here. Oh, because Uber and Lyft had just gone public too. And Zoom went public. That's what I use here. Zoom went public in this past week, as did Pinterest. So a lot of big, a lot of big players going public. Um, so stay tuned. I will be on next week. Got to put the show together. The week after that, we are not having a show. Um, and then I got a few guests lined up. So uh, get on the podcast and make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody. Uh, tuning in, helping us reach our our initial annual goal. So we technically did it within a year, got over a thousand downloads. So now what do we do? Do we go for, what do we do for 2019? Should we say we want to get to 5,000 downloads a month? I mean, like I said, the big players, the big players, you know, they want to see hundred, you know, tens, if not a hundred thousand plus downloads a month. So you let me know what it will take to get that kind of an audience. We want to be here and report every week on how we're connected and how we get around. And that affects every single one of us in real ways. That's what we want to do. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in. Ryan Girardi here, Auto Converse on air. Have a great rest of your week. Great rest of the day. We'll see you same, same time, same place next week. Take care, everyone.
this is Audiburst Media.